Hi guys, welcome back to We Should Talk, a pop culture interview series from In The Know. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and this week on the podcast, we have Angelica Wandu, the creator of The Shade Room, now the CEO of The Shade Room. Angelica started The Shade Room kind of on a whim back in 2014, and it has sort of become this almost accidentally groundbreaking brand in the celebrity news landscape. It's pretty much like the number one social brand, according to CompScore, in the world right now. And, you know, it really shook up the celebrity news the celebrity news landscape back in the day, and it continues to do so. And I just loved hearing about her story, which is very inspiring. She has some amazing insights into what the shade room has been able to accomplish. And you know, now it, it you know it's gone from one person to like she has thirty employees right now, and it's it's just it's so crazy. And she you know, has used her own story, her own life experience to also inform how she is using the platform and the, and the kind of the reach of this brand that she's created to also give back and to give back to some of the, the organizations that helped her growing up. And so I just loved getting time with Angelica and her story is so inspiring and I love The Shade Room. And if you aren't familiar with The Shade Room, go look it up on Instagram. It's very easy to find. It's everywhere. You see that TSR watermark everywhere online these days. And yeah, I, I just loved loved hearing about it and uh, it was great. It was a great interview. So Keep listening for my interview with Angelica Wandu from The Shade Room, and please rate, review, and subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys, we are here with Angelica Wandu, who is the founder of The Shade Room. She is the CEO of The Shade Room. She is the brainchild of The Shade Room, and The Shade Room really has been instrumental in changing the celebrity news game. Angelica, I'm so happy to have you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm really excited to pick your brain because again, the shade room has just, it revolutionized just the entire industry. And I think there's so many, it, it just, whether you were intending to or not, like you were a game changer and um, I'm so excited to hear about it. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about it. I'll tell yeah. you anything, any question, every question that you want to Love it. Ask. Okay. So you founded it in 2014. And since then, I'm just going to go through some of the accolades that the, the Shade Room has, has had or, or that you have had. The New York Times called you the TMZ of Instagram, which again, I think to, TMZ was another game changer a little bit earlier for, for the internet culture. But to be compared to them, I think it's pretty big. You were recently named the number one social brand, I, I think by CompScore, which is huge, attracts everything on the internet. And the Shade Room Teens, which is an offshoot of The Shade Room, was also on that list, which is amazing. You were personally named to Forbes 30 Under 30 and Variety's Women Impact Report for 2021. You've gotten, I mean, I can't even go through all of the pop culture references that are pop culture things that have referenced The Shade Room over the years. I think, you know, that's so indicative of you guys kind of, you know, pushing, pushing into the culture. You know, but before we walk it back, I'm curious if any of those things or if there's something else that really stands out to you as an accomplishment that you're most proud of? I have to break that down to a tie. Okay. Um, I think that the accomplishments that I'm, mo I'm most proud of are the things that we don't really talk about. Because for me, I feel like being able to build a business and, and, and be able to get profit off of that business and then be, and to be able to have like scholarships and endowments, to me, that's more, that's more something I'm proud of because it, it go, we have endowments, so it lasts even no matter how long the shade room lasts, that will always be there. And so mm -hmm. obviously like that has to be my, one of my most proud things that we've done because it's, it's more like, fulfilling. Yeah. It's, it's more fulfilling and it lasts longer. You got to say it has a longer lasting impact, but also I would say times time magazine 
30 Most Influential was, was big. I was, and that was in the beginning of our journey, right? So I think at that time we probably only had in the three millions, you know? So wow. to get that, to be honored like that on a list with a lot of people who I respect and, and admire in business, it was, that that was definitely a problem on me, for sure. Yeah. And, and it's cool that some of those things came so early in that journey, because I think it just was, again, indicative of people recognizing, okay, the shame, the shade room is changing the game. And the, you must have felt that, okay, kind of, it must have kind of empowered you to, okay, like we're doing something that people are paying attention to. I would say it was a pro and a con, right? Okay. The pro was, it gave me so much energy you know what I mean because I was like wait a minute what's happening I felt like I was Cinderella <laughs> like <laughs> just before that happened I was working at motorcycle performance services wow. you know you know trying to get a CPA and I, w I wasn't able to get into any grad schools right so 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 a part of it gave you energy and like oh my gosh like this this big thing is happening and then the other downside is that um because we got that at 3 million, after the brand grows so much bigger than it, what it was, you begin to think, so, so it kind of like warp your perception. You get what I'm saying? Like it can warp your perception because you're like, well, wait, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, you don't want to kind of expect that all the time. You get what I'm saying? You right. get what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's, it's sort of like, okay, you, you recognized us back when we were at 3 million, yeah. but now we're quadruple the size of probably not more and now it's like you know five years later whatever it was and you know it's like you want you want those moments of recognition to still come because you're building into even something even greater and you're expanding it into even something even greater yeah or you or you begin to think that that is the the symptom of that type of growth sure and so when you don't get it now you're like oh are we growing? you know what i mean but like yeah. you, you kind of have to like check yourself like oh all right did you get caught on what you know what i mean all of that and so that that's basically you know it, it has its pros and cons yeah, yeah I, I, to I, I i totally got it i totally do so i think we're around the same age and i and i'm so i'm really curious like for you you know, think back before you started the shade room, what, when you were growing up and you were in your teens, what were sort of the things that, that really kind of got you onto celebrity cult, celebrity news and, or pop culture? What, like, what were, were there certain outlets that you were reading a lot of? Were there certain blogs? Were there, was there like a big celebrity story that you remember really being interested in back, back in the day? So this is not going to be like a story where it's like, oh, all my life, I right. was, I was leading up to this point because the truth is, is that I had no idea that if you if you asked me 10 years ago that and told me I would be doing this, I would tell you no. Even if you asked me three months before the shade room happened, I would tell you no. Right. And so to me, that's like, you know, a lot of us are kind of like confused about what we're supposed to do. And we yeah. don't we have no idea what's our destiny. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, for of course. Me, it, I didn't start getting involved in like social um celebrity news until I was I lost my job and had nothing else to do. You know what I mean? And then it was all I could do because it was entertaining. And so the sites that I would go to were a lot of the sites that covered um, Black celebrities like Bossa, Media Takeout, right. um, TMZ, of course, for sure. Everybody wants TMZ and still does. It was just like the YBF or, you know, you know, stuff like that. That's what I would go to frequently. 
exactly. You but know, but so. it wasn't, but it wasn't like it was like your prime obsession in life with celebrity news. It was just something that you were, that you were tangentially sort of interested in and paid attention to kind of thing. Exactly. That's why I call this a fluke, but I will <laughs> say, I will say that there are elements of it that I did see in myself prior to, you get what I'm saying? But it wasn't like I knew I was aware of those things. It was like, oh, you know, uh, I was always a good storyteller. So everybody, if something happened, everybody would come to me to tell the story. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah, like, okay. Totally. I'll tell it. And people would be like, oh, it's so juicy, you know? So there were certain things about me that people were like, okay, this makes sense, but we never would have thought, right? So it's just crazy how life works. You know? Yeah. So you, you had some of those characteristics, but you applied them to something unexpected, which I think is really cool. It's a cool way to look at it, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you clearly also had the business mindset too. And, and I think that, that that's obviously kind of helped you build this. So again, you, you, I think one of your most recent Instagram posts was the, the context of it is really amazing to, to hear where you were eight years ago. You, you wrote in March, 2014, this brand was started in a broke down apartment in Hawthorne. I was laid on rent, unemployed and needed a side hustle. And then again, we're flash forward to eight years and you're the number one social brand across the internet. Take me back to that moment because I mean, you, you clearly have been done doing some reflecting this year on, on getting to number one. I mean, that's that's humongous. Was it was it really just I, I need a side hustle? Is that is that why you started the Shade Room? Or I, I'm curious, I guess, what your initial kind of goals for it or intentions were for it. Well, just to go back to that moment, I had my my old boss had given me an ultimatum, and he told me that either I was gonna pursue my, cause I was away at Sundance to write, to write a script. And so he said, either you're gonna, cause it was during tax season. I basically was neglecting my work. Trust me, I was neglecting my work. <laughs> I was a horrible there. employee. <laughs> but, um, but he was like, you know, you either gonna do this or that. And so I chose, and then obviously it resulted in me having to leave my job. So at that point I was dead broke. You know what I mean? Like I got a grant from Sundance, it was $5,000, but I mean, with rent in LA, you know, 5,000 is going real quick. You know what I mean? A couple months, um, yeah. One of the most challenging um, points of my life. I remember applying to like Pinkberry and not getting a job there because I had a degree, I guess, and they didn't feel like I was serious about it or whatever. Wow. But I would apply to, a, I was like, no, Pinkberry, like I need this job. You know what I mean? It was that bad. So I was, you know, thinking about what to do. When you're writing a script and it's in like a program phase, you're not making money off of it. It's like, you know, you're working for free basically. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so I was just in a very dire position. And the way that it came about was, like, I keep saying a fluke, but I will say destiny. I'll just switch it and say it was destiny, right? My friend was calling me and I was telling her about everything that was going on in the media. I was her personal blog for all my friends. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have, they were all in grad school. I didn't have anything to do. You had the time, exactly. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had all of the time. So I was talking to her and then she was like, you tell this so well, like the way you, she was like, you need to start your own site. This is what you're doing all day. Just start your own site. So I will say that what really happened for me to start this was, yes, I did need a hustle. Yes, I did need money. But also I had, I, I, I didn't, wasn't doing anything all day except for working on the script. So I had time to try things. So I just tried it. Yeah. Literally, I, I didn't know, I had plans for it, but it, for me, it was, my plans were so small for the shade room. It was like, I just wanted a hundred thousand followers to help me build a website. Like that was it, that was it. I never thought it would be anything like this. Wow. But I tried it, I actually tried it. 
And I tried it in a way that didn't make sense because I didn't know how to make a website. So I tried it with what I had in my hands, what was it, my resources. You get what I'm saying? Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes when you have a dream, like not to veer off the topic, but I have a friend who wants to start a podcast. And I was like, she's like, I need all this equipment. And I'm like, but you have your phone. Like it's 2022, you know what I mean? Like movies have been shot on the phone. So I just work with what I had and that's when it started. And I, I had a reaction I didn't expect. It was, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and I think there's another lesson in there is sort of just like, you were, I think it's what you're getting at, which is like, if you have this dream, if you have, if you have this idea to just start something, it doesn't have to be perfect when you start it. It doesn't have to be some pristine product or whatever, like just, just start it. And then you can, it can improve as you go on. Right. And I think that that's, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I think like, it, I think it's awesome that for you, it was like, you, you were groundbreaking in, in making a celebrity news outlet directly on Instagram, but like you did that because that was what those, was, those are the resources that you had. And that's, and that was what was at your fingertips. And I think that's amazing. It, it, was, it was the convenience. Yeah, it wasn't some genius insight to disrupt an industry. It was, it was, this is all I have, so let me use it. And it was perfect for what I, what was for me. You know what I mean? That's incredible. And so you start, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, did you start, did you start posting anonymously? Like, was it, was it anonymous for a while? <laughs> when yeah. did you change, when did you change that to, to not be anonymous? When did you sort of step back from behind the curtain? It might have been when Cardi B called me out and posted my picture and called me a water buffalo on Instagram. No. I, listen, after that, I didn't have no choice because it was like, you know, she she pulled me from, from the from the. So doctor. it was her blowing your cover. Uh, I might have did an interview. Oh no 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 no! I'm that's not true. That's not true. Let me let me go back because I remember, it was um, New York Times they wanted to do an article on me. So, you know, I'm not about to turn down the New York Times. <laughs> like the New York Times, I'm gonna talk to you, uh -huh. talk to them. So I talked to them cause they, cause it was growing and they were like, what is this? Who's behind it, you know? So I had to like show myself a little bit, um, but it was like, it wasn't like overt, like I wasn't on the page. So that was good, <laughs> but it was just like, you know, and then yeah. after New York Times, Buzzfeed did an article and then, but I would still say that the people, most people didn't know it was when Cardi, that made it bigger blasted you know? out right yeah. oh my gosh I can't so and did, was was it when like the New York Times and BuzzFeed reached out that you were like oh I have something here or was or did you have that moment before that did you have that realization before was there something that sort of triggered okay I, I'm, I, I knew, need to pursue I knew right away I knew really like, I knew three days in wow. to starting it even though I only had 3,500 followers in three days I mean, at that time, that's pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, like, I was like, this is fast. But it was the people telling me. It was the people that followed that told me. They were like, you have something. This is great, you know? And so that was it. Even though at 3,500 followers, I remember telling my friend, and she's like, whatever, my old Dusty Party promoter has that. You know what I mean? So it's like, not you, that you quick, Not that quickly. Not that quickly, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew right away. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the years since, I mean, the Shade Room has grown to exponent, exponential growth. But there have also been countless copycats and people that have sort of taken after your mm. approach to posting news directly on Instagram. I mean, like now every brand does that. Um, and there are people that, again, have sort of, there are copycats in, in, that are in your lane. But I guess, what do you see as, whether intentional or not, like, what do you see as the shade room sort of lasting impact on like the media side of things, like on 
how things are reported or how thing how celebrity information is is shared across mm -hmm. the internet. What do you sort of see the Shade Room's direct impact being there? So I'll name a few things. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things is the lower barrier to entry. I think that media was like seen as like websites and things like that. And sometimes that uh, some, it may be easy for some, but for others that is a technical technological barrier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you may not be able to afford to host your website. And if your website blows up, you, you know, servers and all these types of things and lawyers and all that, right? So I think that it was a lower barrier to entry in the sense that you didn't have to have the resources necessary. Now you now there was a way to utilize Instagram, a, fleet, a free platform to build a business. And I've seen multiple sites being built. And to me, it actually makes me happy. I, I don't like, you know, like if you wear a pair of glasses and everybody starts wearing your glasses, some people get mad, but I like it because I'm it's like, wait, influence. it's influence. It's, and, and, and if it, why wouldn't I want other people to in, enjoy like I am this opportunity? You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm cool with that. But I think that um, that's one of the things it did. The second thing it did was I think back in the day, celebrity news was very boxed in so it was all it was only like the drama the love stuff you know what i mean all that type of stuff but i think that we started to incorporate morning inspirations and yeah. politics and um we started to incorporate you know promotion for these celebrities for free obviously because it's like you know we're reporting on you so when your song comes out we got to report on that too and that changed the landscape of celebrity news because now it's like kind of meshed in, you know what I mean? We all, all of the sites talk about politics now, all of the sites talk about everything and morning inspiration. So it's like, it's, it's the diversity of news. The third thing I would say we did, I'm sorry for this long No, list. I, I, I want to hear it. I, I really am curious what you kind of view these things as. The, the third thing I would say we did was the celebrity involvement. So, you know, when the site was on like www.celebrities, would not go into the comments and comment because it was like weird. So now we, you know, with us creating this platform where it was on social media and the celebrities, easy access, celebrities felt like they could use the platform just by commenting or liking something to represent their narrative. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And then, and then the audience felt like they could get directly get direct access to the celebrities right because if they're in the comments they talk you know what i mean like so it was it was this new exclusive way of celebrities directly addressing situations through likes comments and all these types of things that were available to them you know yeah and in, in so many ways i feel like what the shader was doing is was sort of also just breaking down just like this the celebrity kind of industrial like infrastructure that exists which was like Okay, you release a statement through your publicist when a story comes out, and then it goes to an official, like it goes to like a tabloid or like a People magazine type thing or like a whatever. Like you, their statement could just be a comment on, on your post. You know what I mean? And that's right. that's that's pretty. It, it's hard to think back that because it happened so much now, but like that wasn't happening before. That was like that was that was really different and and probably probably mutually beneficial too. It was, it was definitely mutually beneficial. We get an exclusive and you get to tell your narrative and the audience gets to feel how they feel based on what you said and reply. And then another thing would be just the details of celebrity news changed because it was like, oh, this person like this and that's news. This person like in a picture is news. This person- Unfollowed. You'd unfollow. Like it was like, like this social media kind of angle to celebrity news where it was every little thing, which is used to good or bad, but it was every little thing yeah. about the celebrities, you know? So, and then, oh, okay. The last one, I'm sorry, I keep going. <laughs> the impacts know no bounds. <laughs> 
<laughs> the last one was the community involvement. Yeah. And the naming of the community. So calling them the roommates. Um, I remember at the time that we did that, I was like, only like Rihanna, like Renavy and like Beehive, like these celebrities have those like hives. And so it was kind of weird for us as a site to have a hive, you know what I mean? But we called them the roommates and they were driving the news in the sense that they were the ones who would catch Chris Brown commenting in a second before he deleted it. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't yeah. do that. So they essentially became the reporters and not the reporters, but the tippers. Yeah, they became yeah. tippers, but so, in a different way. So yeah. they send you the screenshots and they send you the tips. It, has that, so that's, has that always sort of been part of how you guys operate is getting those follower tips? Yeah, because we couldn't afford paparazzi and all that type of stuff. So our paparazzi were the roommates. Literally one time Amber Rose and Wiz Khalifa were caught outside of the house kissing Oh, no, 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 Wiz Khalifa was caught cheating on Amber Rose. I'm sorry, outside of the house. And we, our roommate was just walking their dog and just was like, Wiz. And sent it to us. So it was like, you know, we were, again, the barriers to entry were being lowered because now the people were, you know what I mean? We don't have to go through like paparazzi and do all this stuff behind the scenes. Like it was just people sending in what they saw. So, so going off that, I'm curious what your thoughts are on like a Dumois who, who's sort of like, I feel like they were the first to count since the shade room, I think, to really shake things up in a big way. Like just in terms of, I guess, I think how celebrities were sort of looking at how things got out and stuff like that. Cause they, they cause they, they crowdsource, but they directly put things out, you know, without even like looking at where it comes from or whatever. I'm curious how you look at something like that. And if, if you think that they're sort of are they taking a page from your book or do you like what an account like that does? I'm curious, sort of, again, as a CEO of The Shader and what you think of that. So I feel bad because I don't know the account. So can you explain? Oh, do, oh my God, I love that. So, so Dumois is like this, it's this account that has, it popped up during the pandemic and it's, it's, it's an anonymous account that posts mm -hmm. people. I mean, their, their whole thing is just posting anonymous, anonymous tips without vetting anything or they'll, they'll, they'll post direct screenshots from or of the DMs of DMs with followers who it's like, it's everything from like, you know, I spotted Harry Styles getting coffee or also, or like I heard X, Y, Z about this upcoming movie. Well, this, like that sounds good. I have to go look it up. because You have to go look good. it up. I'm going to, I'll tell you about it <laughs> once, we, once we wrap, but like I, they, they've really shaken it up because I think it's, it's sort of like a, people are like, who is this person? Because that the, whoever runs it hasn't identified themselves. So it's, it's one of those, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's I think it's taken a page from your book, but you know. Well, you know what? You know what? I think that, how do I think about it? I think that they're on the right path, but there are some, some cons to it. I think they're on the right path because I do think that eventually news is going to go into a direction where people are going to be the sources and, and the verifiers on their own. It's kind of like that already now. Think about it. Like we have to go through all the news on social media and see what's real and what's not. Totally. Unless unless you're going to like a trusted source, but there's so much trickery on the internet that we also have to be verifiers of news. So I think that eventually it is going to get to the point where the media, celebrity news, everything is going to be in the hands of the people and they're going to be the ones driving and figuring out what's authentic and what's not. Yeah. Dangerous. You, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, so I'm curious, like when you, when you get an anonymous tip or when somebody sends you a photo, that's like really newsworthy or whatever, what hoops do you jump through if any to verify it or, or like check on it? Like what, what, what do you, what do you think about? Cause, cause some things I'm sure are like kind of, 
kind of scary to post because if it's like if it's if it's wrong, it's it, that's you know you could be like a legal thing. First of all, I think coming out and and and, and having a drive. I really wish I could turn it off. I'm so sorry. It's having, okay. Having a drive to want to be reputable is important for anyone. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, there's more value when people trust you. You get what I'm saying? And trust the news that comes from you. So I will always say like, that's the route to go. You can start anonymous, but if you really want to be like a, a information source for the people, you definitely have to have some transparency. That's just what you got to do, right? And it has to be reputable. We go through big hoops because we can't play around. Like we, yeah. I mean, we can't play around anymore. Like the, 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 we're loud. So if we put something out and it's, it hits the internet in 10 minutes, you know what I mean? We, we will definitely be responsible for that. So, I mean, listen, the hoops are endless. I think that the, 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 the hard part is that there's no formula because there's, you don't know what's going to happen. Like in this world, anything happens. Uh, I'm trying to think of something. I mean, there's so many ways we were almost tricked. Okay, let me, this is an example. Bobby Smarta, this is when he first went to jail. No, this is the second time he went to jail. We got a video from the roommates of Bobby Smarta on video saying, I'm out of jail, y'all. And it was like sunny outside. And he was like, I'm out of jail. And so I, I remember in the beginning, I'm like, this is proof. Bobby Smarter is on here saying he's out of jail. This has to be it. We posted it and every all the people in New York were like, it's snowing out here. Like that's, uh, that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like from like that- the weather point, report. <laughs> I mean, and that happens all the time. Like some people will just get a high off of wanting to trip you up or send you something false. So it the it's endless. I mean, you ha we have to call hospitals. I know that's, you know, um, we have to call police stations and um, look at reports and pull things. And it, it's a lot, You we can't just. Yeah, the reason why this account that I told you about Dumois is pretty controversial is because they don't do any of that. So they'll just post things without doing any sort of vetting. And so I think that's yeah. where it's a little dangerous, right? Cause it's like, okay, you're opening yourself up to a lot of things by not doing that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I'm curious to loop, loop back a little bit to sort of like the celebrity, like mutually beneficial relationship of it all. Like, mm -hmm. uh, was was there somebody who sort of kickstarted that for you? Like who you who you did sort of like kind of kick, like it became evolved, like kind of in contact with who you were like, okay, like this is how we can maybe operate going forward. Or was that like kind of a gradual thing that happened where you sort of realized that that was kind of a good approach to to, to making this account, this account grow and kind of get gain, be, be reputable. I'm, I'm curious sort of what the evolution was there. You mean like with celebrities coming into, stepping into the shade? Or like, like was there like that, like when you were starting in the first couple of years, were there celebrities DMing you who were like, like tipping you off or whatever? Or was it like, a, oh, you started noticing that they were following you and commenting on the account? Like, was it a public or private thing? I'm just curious how that sort of came it was, to be. It was Oh yeah, it was definitely both. I think that it's, <laughs> celebrities are very concerned with their image. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? They're very, they're very concerned. They live or die by their image. Yeah, they That's do it. as they should because we all are. But they, but but it's on a different level. But also, they are very involved. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they, so I talk to them all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like it's you know these are stories that are going out about their lives and they want to make sure that their narrative is being told, you get what I'm saying? So they've always been involved even early on 
<laughs> early, early on, they were involved. As soon as people started to get hip to it, that's when they started to come into it. Who was the biggest, earliest one that you were like, that, that was paying attention and, and really- Oh, I can't say that. I, I can't, uh, I can't, because- what, what about, what about like publicly, like kind of following you or commenting on, on the posts? Oh. And really recognizing you on in like a public way. Kim Kardashian, honestly. Yeah. And that was very surprising for me, but Kim Kardashian was very- supportive early on she, uh, we got invited to like the listening parties with Kanye we got the drops from everybody there she would mention it on the show she would post it on her social media one time you know so she was very open about that Oprah Winfrey we got her early on really interesting yeah, she knew about it I'm just trying to think who was the first big one um I don't remember who the first one was but I just but those are those are pretty big early examples so that's, yeah. that's pretty cool yeah. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this really great podcast recently from The Ringer uh, called Just Like Us. And it was all about kind of early 2000s celebrity tabloid culture and like kind of the rise of mm -hmm. paparazzi and Us Weekly and, and all these things coming together. And there was an episode directly about how a lot of these quote unquote mainstream tabloids weren't really covering Black celebrities very, in, very much in depth. They were covering, you know, Halle Berry and Denzel Washington, like the biggest A-list stars, but there wasn't really an outlet that was kind of getting more of like the B-listers and the people who like maybe like on a mainstream level, like who were whatever. And that kind of left a huge opportunity as with the rise of the internet for blogs to pop up like Media Takeout and like Bossip. And mm -hmm. I'm curious if like you see the shade room as taking, like sort of taking that baton into the social media era, for, like in terms of covering Black celebrities complete really in depth, like a lot of outlets don't do, and kind of serving that audience in, in, in a really kind of catering to, 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 to Black audiences. Or if you see you sort of operating alongside blogs, like kind of trailblazing blogs like that. I'm curious how you think about, about that. I think it's passing the baton. I think mm. it is because, well, even though media take on Boston are still thriving, I think it's I think it's passing the baton because we just did it differently. Um, mm. I Again, like media takeout, I remember I used to live for media takeout. Like they would post 10 juicy stories, you know what I mean? A yeah. day. And you just knew in the morning you get that tea and then you gotta wait another 24 hours <laughs> to get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we were like, we introduced the system of posting I mean, at first it was 24 hours, you know what I mean? So it even changed up the the tempo, you know, but also I think that. It just it was more broad it just a lot of more um, uh, a, a lot more you know um extra details about these people you know what i mean right. the good that they do the bad that they do the scandals and the blessings you know it talks about it all but i would say it's so funny because yeah that's exactly what we do i mean a lot of the people on the shade room would never be on uh well tmz starting to get a little bit better about but you know what i mean like that yeah. you know but like they wouldn't be on like page six or totally. you know what I mean? like they they wouldn't have that. So there's a total blind spot in some of those in some of those legacy outlets for sure. But I don't I don't even think that it's that bad because here's the thing though, if they're if page six's audience is mostly white, then they're gonna cater to their audience. My sure. audience. My audience is mostly black, even though it's very diverse. But black black is the largest population that follows the shade room then you're going to cater to them. If Absolutely, you have yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But the problem was before that we didn't have a place to share our perspective of what's happening in the community. 
and with the, and with black celebrities. Mm-hmm. So that you, the, you that needs to be presented. And if only the images of black people are on pages that or sites that don't represent them, then there you have to think that there's a bias of some sort. You know what definitely. I mean? Yeah, definitely. A natural one, or 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 even just a a lack of understanding in some way. You know? Yeah, and yeah, and and I think also like you said, like you're starting the conversation, and then in the comments, it's like all the roommates flood in with. And kind of it, it, it goes back to that community that you were talking about earlier, which is like it's it really is this creation of you guys post something and then all your roommates come in and, and talk to one another and, and interact with you guys. I think it's just you've built this amazing back and forth, you know, and it's 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 really again, it's, it's still unique. And I think it's that's that's amazing. I think what it feels like is a place. Yeah. Not a page. It feels like some, that's what we say. It's a room. Like, it's a room. It's a, it feels like like once you come in, it feels like you're in a place. You know. Yeah. Sport. So it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So what do you when you look back at the last eight years? Do you are, what are sort of the big exclusives or big breaks that that you're either most proud of or that you really think helped move the needle for the shade room in a big way in terms of just visibility or notoriety? If I have to be honest, because I get asked that question and I think yeah. about it, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> we've had some, some, some big breaks. Um, you we have. did break Beyonce's pregnancy, though. We were the first ones to post that. But it's not even about that. I think it's about the consistency of just what we do. Because honestly, I don't think people come to the shade room for exclusive, if I have to be honest with you. I think people come to the shade room for community and... Yeah information but they're not like oh the shade room's gonna break you know you know what i'm saying like it's just like they just know we're gonna have all the information you need we're gonna have it quick and it's gonna be good conversation so that's kind of what i would say built the shade room yeah yeah but you must be proud though when you see the black and red water ts tsr watermark kind of like on other pages or kind of because like how when your stuff is screenshotted and put elsewhere like that that i feel like it's like a visible representation of your reach, you know what I mean? And, and, and the impact that, that it can have. For sure, for sure. And even when I'm like watching TV, I could just be just chilling with my friends just trying to watch a movie and they're saying the shade room in the movie, you know what I mean? Or, or, That's pretty or cool. to a song and I'm like, oh, the shade room. So I think that I can see, the, see it, but when you're inside of it, it's hard to really see it. Like I don't see everybody sharing the shade room because I'm inside, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're too close. You're too close to the operation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of like, so it was just you for a long time and it, w- and it was really like in your voice and, and it, w- it was, it was you. Can you talk to me about the evolution of that in terms of when you brought other people on and when you sort of broadened the voice of, of what the shade room's voice was? Um, Cause now I know it's, it's, you have, I'm curious how many employees you have now. Still not that much. I have about 30 employees. So it's not that much. That's we, we I mean, that's, that's pretty sizable, though. I mean, that's yeah, we, yeah. When we consider it was just you for a good amount of time, you know. Right. Well, for eight months it was just me, but that you know, so for the majority of the eight years, I had a team and they helped me. For the first eight months, it was it was depressing, honestly, because I did not sleep. Like I, I was, it was I had to be the one like acting like ten people writing on a thing. You know what I mean? Twenty four seven. I had this idea that I should do it twenty four seven. So I was very stressed out, and it got to a place where I knew that. See, I'm motivated by crisis. That's just how I get motivated. So it got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. So I have to have people. You know what I mean? I can't do this. Operate this anymore on my own. So what I did was I hired from the people who 
were like followers of the shade mm. room who liked the shade room. So there was this one girl, she reached out and she was very persistent and I like persistent people. So yeah. I would, I would, I go with the most persistent. I'm like, hmm, this person is extremely persistent. I'm like, well, they must want to work here. So I go with that person and I went with her. She was a good hire for, for, for a while. I just started to hire more people that were persistent. I just took whoever was persistent and it worked out. It was all a part, like they were meant to be here at that time, you know? So, and then I just started to build based on what we needed. So if, if I had three people writing and then they started to say, you know what, we can't do this anymore. We need this. Then I would hire for that. Or if we needed an account, you know what I mean? Like I just took my time hiring what positions I felt was most vital to the journey yeah. at that time. Right. Totally. Mm -hmm. So when you think about sort of the future of the shade room or, or what you obviously Instagram is, is still probably your, your biggest community in terms of following, but what do you kind of look at in terms of where you want to grow next or what, what, like, is there another iteration of it that you would like to spawn off of it? I'm curious what you're thinking about in terms of the next year, two, five, what's the future look like? You know what? I, for me, the future looks like going with the wave. I feel like the wave now is that the people want the news in their hands. They don't trust big um, media companies anymore. They don't trust CNN, Fox, all the news propaganda, everything. Yeah, now it's to the point now where we take news from CNN and Fox and all these big, because you have to, like certain things right. you just don't access to and the people want to break that down like they want to break down that wall they want to be able to which is like i said it's like social media it's dangerous because there's some some things that can happen but it's also really good too the good is good and so i think that for for me the goal is to switch the the change of hands with the shade room to the roommates completely but that is um, a strategy that will take a long time to explain but I think that um because I actually don't know how to make it happen um <laughs> to be honest with you I have a vision but do right. I know exactly what to do no I'm just going to rely on the fact that life gives you surprises and I'm going to work hard towards this not knowing how to build it because I don't not knowing what it looks like because I don't know I want to trust that if it's my destiny to do that with this platform, that somehow it's going to work again, like it did back then, you know? Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think you mentioned this at the top of the, of our interview, but the shade room also gives back a lot and goes back to the community a lot and, and, and raises money. So I'd love if you could explain some of those efforts that you guys do, uh, because I, again, I feel like you, like you, like you said at the beginning, like, I think that a lot of the time, like the, the celebrity news aspect of it, which is obviously the, the biggest aspect of the shade room, like that, that overshadows some of the different things that you guys do. So I'd love if you could just talk to talk, talk to that. So people know listening and watching. Well, yeah, I think giving is really important to me because I was a product of people giving to me, like for as long as I can remember, people showed up for me in my life when I needed them to like, it's so crazy, <laughs> you know what I mean, all the times, you know? So because of because of that, I'm like, like if you look at like the, the companies that I give to, Peace for Kids, I actually was in Peace for Kids when I was younger. So that was a, I was a, a product of their program. So I feel like I have, of course I have to get back to Peace for Kids because I want, I want to get other people to have that experience. Um, UFC, I was a part of United Friends of the Children for Foster Youth. Like I give, I go back to who helped me, but then I also give to other people and like, for instance, I had a scholarship. That's how I was able to get through LMU. So now we want to give to people who need scholarships. I just think that you're, you're never blessed with a lot. You're never blessed with a lot for yourself. 
And by the way, that's something I wrestle with. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, when, the more you have, the more you can get silly without you. Know? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure every, it's sort of a slippery slope too, yeah. Everybody has to check themselves, trust me. I, I have to check myself sometimes. I'm like, are you like, why are you buying this? Like, why are you doing this, you know? So I just check myself. I have a self-reflection and I don't want to be somebody that just makes money and doesn't do anything with it. Like the most important part, that's why it means the most to me. And that's the only thing that makes me happy truly, to be honest with you, because the other stuff, a house is a box after a while. A car gets old after a while. Giving is like something that's just, I don't know. You know what I mean? It yeah, just feels yeah, it, good. It, 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 it really good. does. It really probably, it probably fuels you. It probably, it, it, yeah. it, like, I think what's so amazing of what you just said is like the shade room is so intertwined with your own personal story at this point. And for you to be able to make it a full circle thing and give back to some of the organizations and communities that helped get you to where you are now is you couldn't ask for a better, a better way to operate. And I think that that is so, it must be, it must serve as every time you do it, it must, must serve as a reminder of one, how far you've come, but also two of the fact, like, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep giving back to how I got here because that, that you're, you're paving the way for a lot of people. And I think it's really, really special. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, your story is great. It, and I'm, and I'm, I'm so glad that I got some time to, to chat your ear off and hear all about it. But where can people follow you? Where can people, I mean, do, do your plugs you want to do before we sign off? Because I want people to, to find out more. Okay. Um, they can follow me. Well, I'm on Instagram. No IG Angelica. I rarely post. So it's, my, it's not that much. It's like I have 10 pictures on Instagram. Where else? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Angelica Wandu. The Shade Room, if you want anything related to The Shade Room, you can follow that and DM. We answer DMs and respond to it. We try to respond to all the DMs. Hopefully that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm sure um, you get a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, th those are the best places. Yeah. The Shade Room DM situation must just be like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And I try to get them. I'm like, you guys have to respond to every single DM. And I know they're like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> But they do, they respond. So I don't even know how they do it, honestly. I don't. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, it's incredible. Well, Angelica, I so admire you for what you've built, for 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 your story and just everything you've accomplished. And I and I feel like there's there's so much more for, for you to do. So I'm just excited to see again what the I know the future is uncertain in so many ways, but I'm excited to see what it looks like for you. And I'll be watching. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. Oh, don't forget to send me that page because I have to give it to you. I got to go. Man. I will. Right after we stop <laughs> recording, I'll stay on. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to We Should Talk. I hope you enjoyed the interview. You can find out more about In The Know at inthenow.com. You can follow me, Gibson Johns, at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram. And you can listen to all of our interviews, past and future, by searching We Should Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Hope to see you next time.